Hey there, I'm Emlyn Miles Mattingly, your host for the Minority Money Podcast. I'm glad you're here. You know why? Because this is the place you can come to get your weekly finance, family, and fitness motivation, not only to experience success in those areas for yourself, but also to help others in our community achieve greatness too. Super happy that you're on the show with me. So let's jump right in. Welcome to the Minority Money Podcast. I am your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. Today, we're going to jump right into the show. We have a special guest coming on, and we met on Instagram and via one of our other guests. Shout out to Lena Mendoza. Lena introduced me to Patty Viegas, and today, Patty and I are going to talk about the growth mindset for success. And just in the short time that I've known Patty and just listening to her talk and the passion of what she speaks, you guys are going to absolutely love this. And without further ado, Patty, welcome to the show. Thank you, Emlyn, and thank you so much for having me on the Money Minority Podcast. I am very excited to be here with you and be your special guest for the day. I would like to first introduce myself. My name is Patricia Villegas, and I am a college instructor, a education and corporate trainer, and social entrepreneur. I am the founder of VP Consulting. VP Consulting is dedicated in helping the Latinx millennials with gaining economic growth and equitable opportunities by teaching in the areas of neuroscience and growth mindset, career development, and business and career advancement through relationship building. So a little bit of background about me. I am a first-generation Latina, and so I was the first person to go to college, the first person to become a professional. So I've gone through a lot of negative beliefs and a lot of doubts on my way to transitioning into a professional. And so I would love to talk about what changed my shift of mindset to help me be the person that I am today, because I believe that a lot of what we are determines on what we think about ourselves. So I'm very excited to talk about growth mindset with you today. Awesome. I always think about this and it's something that I heard when I was younger, but the thing that gets people in trouble a lot is stinking thinking, right? Stinking thinking. And so when I think about growth and I think about mindset and I think about, you know, the work that you're doing, you're trying to get people to stop stinking thinking and start, you know, thinking a little, not a little, but a lot, like just a total change from what the norm is of our negative self-talk, because we have a lot of it that just comes out. Before we even get into all of that, I just wanted to ask you, why did you start this? Like, why is this so important to you? So the reason why I started this is because growing up, I believe that people were either born smart or they were not smart. I didn't know that we were able to grow our abilities and our talents. And so growing up in school, I didn't do work very well because I didn't believe I was a smart girl. And so I noticed that many of us, my friends, my family, we just believe that intelligence is a trait that you're born with. And so as I grew up and I became an instructor and I became a professor, I learned a lot about the neuroscience behind psychology and success. And I realized that anybody can achieve success, but it really is about how you think about yourself. And it's about you willing to do the persistency and the task to get there. And so I wish someone would have told me that when I was younger, that Patty, you can develop intelligence. You could develop skills and talents over time. You just got to keep pushing through the hardships and the challenges. And when you're young, we are in a systematic education system where they're measuring your intelligence with test scores. And so what's happening is that a lot of our minority children and underserved communities go through a lot of adverse experiences. 
that impacts the test scores. And so fast forward, I believe that it is really important to highlight, it doesn't matter how they measure your intelligence in the education system. It really matters on how you develop the mindset for yourself in achieving success or accomplishments. And I think that's so important because one thing that school doesn't teach us is how to think outside of the box. And I think about just teaching you how to be resourceful. You don't have a ruler, fold a piece of paper. Now you have something to draw a straight line. Like just little things like that, that get children to think outside of the box. And really, I think that test scores is an inaccurate way to measure intelligence for someone because there's that saying that you are smart in this in particular box. And once we remove you from that box, you see a lot of people that are academically intelligent that have intelligence lacking in other areas. And I think that's largely in part because they're not encouraged to pursue other things that are outside of the box of intelligence as we know. it. Yes, yes. And Emily, I just want to highlight something that you said is that this box and these test scores are really influencing our beliefs about ourselves when we become older, when we become adults. And so growing up, if you're labeled a specific diagnosis, like, oh, you have ADHD, you have a limitation, right? You have depression, you're unable to focus correctly. Then these limitations become embedded in us. And we grow up and it starts capping our potential to achieve success in business, in our relationships, in our work environment. And so that's important to understand, too, is that whatever we are taught when we're younger about ourselves is not a limitation about yourself. It's a personal opinion. But what really matters is how you think and you believe about yourself and your potential. And I think that, like, especially for minorities, right? Because then, you know, you couple this without the ability to see someone that can make you think outside of what you've thought of yourself. Like, where do we see the successful minority business owners? Where do we see the successful, intelligent minorities period? Like where you just have someone that's a talking head and known for being intelligent. Like we don't even have like a person of color that exists like that. At least off the top of my head, I can't think of one. I'm sure I may be missing one. But when you think about any type of person that is supposed to be an expert, there's an underwhelming amount of people of color that are in those positions. Yes, exactly. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because when you think about mindset and you think about our generational mindset, my parents come from a country, Mexico, that comes with a broken government, with poverty, lack of education experiences. And so when they share their beliefs with their children, which we live in U.S., is a whole different country, we adapt to their beliefs and their values, right? And so growing up, my entire belief was that I'm not born smart. However, I need to go to school to obtain a good job and then get a nice paying paycheck every week. And so that was my belief system. But no one ever taught me the financial literacy piece. And no one told me that I'm able to grow this knowledge in an area that was not my expertise. And so what I wanted to highlight today is that there's two different types of mindsets. There's a fixed mindset. Those who believe that your talents are just fixed. You cannot grow them. And when you have a growth mindset, you believe that you can develop your intelligence over time. And so what's important with our minority group is that we are constantly being labeled by society and we're constantly being told what we're capable of doing and accomplishing based by the color of our skin and our language. So let me give you an example. 
in school, they tell us that we lack proficiency in English. But do we really lack proficiency in English? Or do we just know another language and we are actually a little bit more intelligent because we know two languages versus one, right? So people will say things and language, different vocabulary, depending on their expertise and depending on how the system wants to have that, depending on their level of understanding with different cultures. But in reality, you need to know that it doesn't matter what people say, doesn't matter how people ward you and your abilities, you are able to grow them. And I think like when you talk about measuring someone's aptitude to the English language, that's one measure of what's going on. But I think the ultimate measure is going to be more so along the lines of communication, right? Because when you think about language, you have to use it in more than just one place. And then the crazy part about it is like, we know that 70% of our communication is actually nonverbal. It just kind of like makes me think about that because my son is going to grow up speaking two languages. I just see the process for him when he's translating stuff in his head, or maybe he hears it in Spanish and English. This is a conversation that my wife and I have had about when we're talking to him. Does he understand it in English? Because for me to understand something in Spanish, I have to translate. And I know if you learned a language before 11, then you don't have to do that. You hear it as it is in the language that you're hearing it. You don't translate it. You just understand it as it is. Now, when you take that and put it into school and you have someone that may have not started school before the age of 11 here in the States learning English, they're just going to have a different test score, if you will. And I think that's where the real problem aligns. But as you're talking about this, one of the questions I want to talk about with you is how do people explore their life purpose? And the reason why I'm bringing that up is just because I think that in the grand scheme of things, I don't know if we're going to be able to fix the education system, right? It's going to take an overhaul. But what we can fix is how we view our purpose in life. And talk to us about why that's so important and how people can find out what theirs is. So as an instructor at Evergreen Valley College, I realized that there was a lot of students who were lost in what they wanted to pursue in their career or just in general in life. And what I realized is that you cannot base your purpose on economic growth and wealth. You have to base it on who you are as a person and what you value in life. So technically, a lot of people, what they're doing to find financial wealth or financial purpose is they're going based on what's recommended by a friend, a counselor, a teacher. And it's to find your actual purpose in life. You have to focus on your talents, your values, your personality, what makes you you. And I think if you narrow it down to what's important to you, what is really important to you, how can you make this life purposeful, then you will find a very purposeful job or you will find a very purposeful pathway. And so what I mean is that if you want to find your purpose, explore who you truly are as a person. Explore that area of knowledge, because if you don't know who you are, you will not be able to proceed and financial life because you have to be sure of your value proposition of who you are as a person. Okay. Let's just paint a picture, right? You got the person that's listening to this today and, you know, whether they're going to school, whether they've already started their career, whether they're, you know, a spouse or single, whatever, wherever the person are. We always talk about meeting people where they are, right? So let's meet that person where they are. They're, you know, driving in the car, listening to this or wherever they are, when this comes out, they're going to be listening to it. And they're going to hear you say purpose for life. And you're like thinking about like a mission statement for your life or thinking about like a purpose driven something for your life. But 
how does someone even get to that point? I know that living your life within being intentional with your life or living your life on purpose is one thing. But I think most people have a hard time stripping away all the other stuff because what society has told us as minorities and as Americans, honestly, what they've said is this is what you need to do. You go to school, hopefully you get good grades after you graduate school, then you're going to go get a job. You're going to get a good job. It's going to pay a lot. You know, it's going to pay you more money than you ever made. You're going to grow up. You're going to either get married or not. You're going to have a family and you're going to ride off into the sunset. And that's the purpose to go to school, to get money to provide for family and just go on a couple of vacations. And that's the purpose in your life. But what you're saying is explore life's purpose. And for the people that have not ever even thought of that, how do you take someone out of that? Like, that's what I'm saying. Cause I talk to people about this all the time and it's like, well, what do you mean? I'm not like you. And when I don't think about stuff like that, well, I'm not telling you to be like me. I'm telling you to be like you and find out what's important to you, but you don't even know what's important to you because you've been told what's been important to you for so long, you don't know how to identify what really you value. Exactly. So what I would recommend is write down what's important to you, why it's important to you. Then you want to think about what and how can you make change in that area of expertise. And I'm going to give you an example. I had no idea that I was going to go on and create a consulting business that will allow me to work with Latinx minorities on the purpose of growth mindset, career development, and career and business advancement through relationship building. And the way that I explored my purpose or I found my purpose is because I had such a huge interest in working with Latinx communities who struggled in the area of career development and business advancement. And so what I would tell someone who is freshly new and trying to find out what's meant for them is to write down things that interest them things that they're curious about, things that they want to make a change or an impact in. Because ultimately, what's going to make us have a much more fulfilled life is when we're going after something that we care about. Don't worry about the money. The money will follow if you're passionate. The money will follow if you're true and you're authentic. Now, really explore deep down on what life experiences have you gone through that now you're wanting to make a change or make an impact in this area and how can you do that so it's really just focusing on what is it that you've gone through and how can i transparent that into a monetized passion yeah absolutely and so as people are like listening to this and it could be the, it's gonna be the beginning of the year people are you know thinking about how they're going to get ready for next year and how can someone with their growth mindset And how can someone strengthen their brain capacity to be able to help them as they go into the, you know, because people are going to make things that they want to do as we end the year out. And how do they make sure that they strengthen their brain capacity to be able to take on these new things that they're doing? Of course. Yes. So when a person is trying to strengthen their brain capacity, you have to change your daily habits. What are you feeding yourself? The brain is the most important organ that we actually have, but we fail to exercise it. And what I mean is that we go to the gym and we exercise our muscles and we run and we do our squats, right? We want that physique body, but we forget to create and eat those healthy habits that will strengthen our brain. So to be able to use our brain to our full capacity, you have to be willing to change the habits that are impacting your brain. So are you drinking too much alcohol? Are you lacking sleep? Are you eating unhealthy? Because all those three things impact 
how strength your brain is. So let me give you an example. The way that you strengthen your brain in general, you want to create connections within your neurons that are in your brain. How do you do that? You have to highlight them. You have to activate them. How do you activate your neurons in your brain? You have to read. You have to learn something challenging. You have to be able to exercise so they could be activated. So all those techniques will allow you to strengthen your brain to a level where it's going to improve your memory. It's going to improve your focus. And it's going to be able to allow you to learn more faster in a better capacity. So what's happening is that we want to live a healthy lifestyle. We want to be able to achieve a lot. But if our brain is not fully there, utilizing it to its full potential, what's going to happen is that you're going to forget a lot of the information that you're learning. You're going to lack focus on very important things that you're learning throughout the day. So what are you feeding your brain? So one thing that I recommend is make sure that you try to get in reading reading 30 to an hour a day. If you're new to reading, I would just highly recommend read something that interests you, maybe for 15 minutes, start off with 15 minutes, and then you want to read for 30 minutes the next day. But practice reading because that's going to create all these neurons in your brain that will strengthen the capacity of what you can accomplish. And it will strengthen how you think and view things differently. Another thing that I will recommend is that I highly recommend that you start believing that if you start eating healthier, you will create an empowerhouse brain. So there's foods and science shows, research shows that there's some foods that would literally diminish Alzheimer's or it will diminish dementia. There we go. It will diminish dementia if you're eating healthy. So with our minority population, unfortunately, we are more likely to have Alzheimer's when we're older. We're more likely to have dementia when we're older. And so what's happening is that we're not feeding our brains that food that it needs to prevent those brain diseases. So you want to make sure you eat your veggies. You want to make sure that you are eating foods with high vitamins. And so make sure that you eat the right things for your brain. Absolutely. And that's 100% true. I couldn't agree with that more. One thing that I was thinking about as you were talking was just, you know, you're a professor. You teach, so it's easy for you to write stuff down. I mean, you always write stuff down. It's easy for you to read a book because you always read a book, but I've never read outside of school. And when I was in school, I hated it because I wasn't good at it. What do you say to that person? You know what I mean? And the reason why I'm bringing this up is just because I know that there's some people that are going to listen and say these things. But at the same time, I want to reach out and challenge these people. All Patty is saying is start with a tiny habit. And if we say tiny or small, just a small habit, and if it's just carving out 15 minutes of your day to read a book, doesn't matter how far you get, just read it for 15 minutes. And if you do that every day, it'll strengthen your brain, it'll strengthen the habit and it'll reinforce your ability to learn. And that's the thing that we're really, really trying to talk about. Like you have to continue to increase your brain capacity. The only way you can do that is by exercising your brain. As your body moves, your brain grew. So yes, working out is great. And if you work out and then read, you're going to get more out of it. If you work out and then journal, then you're going to get more out of it. So this is how you do those. And then there's a great transition from short-term memory to long-term memory. And that only happens in your sleep. If you do not sleep, you will not transition your memories from short-term stuff that you learned today over the last week, over the last year, whatever your learning period was, but the only way that you can consolidate those memories and make them in the long-term memories is by having adequate amounts of sleep. 
people don't understand how important sleep is and sleep apnea and sleep deprivation are one of the things that will lead to really throwing you out of whack and furthering some of the other mental health things that you possibly could have going on and then messing with your mind because like once again your brain is very very delicate Mm-hmm. And those who want to learn more about the brain and what to do and exactly how to do to increase their capacity, they could take my brain power boot camp course. So I teach a three day course on how to strengthen your brain. It's typically aimed for people who are very busy and who are looking to expand their knowledge and their capacity and their brain performance because they're entrepreneurs. They are having multiple things to balance all at once, and they want to make sure they retain important information. And so they're more than welcome to join my boot camp. And I'll share a little bit more about that information towards the end of the podcast. Awesome. We'll put all the links to the boot camp. So as long as you get those to us, we can put all the links in the show notes so people can have access to that. Talk about network. You talk about networking to increase your net worth. I think that's one of the things that you said. So let's talk about that. Tell us about that. Yes. So. Growing up, I didn't have any mentors who were professionals in my family. And so I really had to leverage my relationships growing up, whether it was instructors or professors or professional people in the field. And so what I realized is that depending on your network, your support system, the people that you're constantly sharing your thoughts and ideas with, depending on who they are, will determine your net worth. And I'm going to share something with you. Your network can be in many different areas. It could be family. It could be friends. It could be colleagues, managers, supervisors, and national global leaders, right? But depending on your circle of network that you're constantly talking to and investing time with will definitely determine how much you make, what's your profit. And let me give you an example. I used to share my thoughts with my mom and dad on, and that's family, right? That's still a core network for myself. I used to share with them, I want to start a business. At first they thought, you are crazy, Patty. Why would you start a business? You work for state, you work for the academia. Why would you want to start a business? And I said, I want to. And their thoughts and their advice was negatively impacting my belief about myself. And so when I started reaching out to people who were very influential, who wrote books, who have had their own consulting business for 20 years, they automatically said, yes, you can do that. This is how you do it. And they paved the way for me. They taught me how to get there. And so when I met by your network determines your network is because the same people who are mentoring you are the same people who will refer you to different opportunities that will provide more business, more referrals, just overall expand doors and open doors for you that wouldn't have not been there if you didn't create that relationship. And I think relationship building right now, especially during COVID, I think that's allowed us to create some relationships that normally because of how busy we are, we wouldn't be able to create, right? If you're commuting to work or if you're just at the office in general, you might not have the opportunity to meet and talk to some of the people that you look up to right now we probably know they're sitting at home. (laughs) And so you can probably send them a message on LinkedIn. You can send them a message on whatever social media and actually begin to chat with some of the people that you may be looking up to. Exactly. And I'll tell you something. Growing up, I never really had to struggle with getting a job because my network was already strong enough for people just to refer me. I applied and I knew I was going to obtain that position. 
So when you have and you create a network, these are the same people who are sponsoring you, the same people that are advocating for you, and that will get you in the place or the workplace where you wish to work. And so what people undermine is relationship building. For example, I met Lena Mendoza through LinkedIn. And Lena Mendoza, I connected with her. I was intrigued with her bio. She taught leadership and she taught women of color and people of color on how to obtain leadership positions. And I was I fond with that. I'm like, I never seen a woman of color have such a high authority position. So with that one connection led me to 20 more connections that is helping my business grow drastically. So in order for me to understand relationship building or just in general to create these relationships, I had to understand what's important to me. Why do I want to connect with this person? Do they have similar values? Do they have a similar field? Do they come from the same place where I come from? So you have to identify who are these people you're connecting with, have a method behind your strategy on connecting with these people and grow the relationship organically. Be authentic. You don't have to pretend that you're something you're not just to create a network. Be who you are. And if the people can see if you're being true, if you're being true, they're more likely going to want to keep you around as well. And so it could be a relationship that you could provide value and they could provide value back. And I think that's lost sometimes. That's like an art, right? That's like an art to be able to develop and nurture those relationships and, and really just provide value and not ask for anything. That is the crazy thing. Like when you provide value and you provide that up front, to someone, they have a much easier time connecting with you than you asking for something. So lead with value. That's the only thing I could say on that. Yes. And I think a lot of our, our people, especially millennials, we are not leveraging our relationships at a young age. What we're doing is we are creating those relationships later on. And then by the time we're done with school, the time we get our master's degree, we're like, we want a job, but your network is very small, right? You want to create those relationships as soon as you can, which is why I am teaching a network to net worth class that will teach millennials on how to create these relationships authentically, how to nurture them, maintain them, and then how do you leverage that into an actual net worth process? And so it's definitely something that's needed in the minority population. I think we don't leverage our relationships as we should, and we don't seek new relationships. Emlyn, I actually met you through networking. It gave me an opportunity to be on your podcast, which is phenomenal because it's something that I'm passionate about and teaching and helping others grow. So there's a perfect example. I connected with Emlyn through Instagram, and here I am now creating an opportunity for me and sharing my knowledge with others to help others grow. Absolutely. Patty, what are you working on right now? What are some passion projects? What are some things that you're doing? I want people to know ways that they can possibly work with you. Definitely. So what I'm currently working on are boot camps, finding your purpose and your calling, networking with people in order to increase your network and your client conversions. So for instance, if you have a business, if you want to be able to monetize whatever it is that you're working on, how do you create relationships strategically? in order to grow your business and in order to become that person that's going to be referred to versus just someone who's just being connected to. And then I also want, I'm working on a bootcamp with brain power, teaching people about the neuroscience of the brain. How does the brain work? How do we strengthen it? How do we eliminate negative beliefs and how do we grow positive beliefs in order to create this fulfilled and happy, strong life. And so I'm creating these boot camps that will be launched in the next 30 days. 
my website is currently being established. It would be under my name, www.patricia-viegas.com. And like I mentioned right now, it's being established because I have not launched, but my launch date should be in the next 30 days. And so I'm just establishing that. And it's dedicated towards helping Latinx minorities. And it's really just tailoring on our culture. And it's tailoring on what are the setbacks that we encounter? And then how can we grow from those setbacks and then strengthen our, bring capacity, our relationships, and overall our self-belief and doubt. I love that. I love it. I think that's awesome. And we'll definitely put links to all of that stuff in the show notes so people can just click right on it and go straight to the stuff that you're working on. As you know, this is the Minority Money Podcast where we are changing the complexion of wealth. And so what motivates and inspires you to grow, learn, and lead? What inspires me to grow, learn, and lead would have to be, I want to be the role model that my future children look at and want to become. I feel that there's not enough women of color who are leading their community. And I believe that we have a lot of potential. We're very powerful. We're very powerful because we know and hard work. And we just kind of take positions that will allow us to lead and grow and become a very powerful individual within our community. Then more Latinas and more Hispanics will be able to take leadership roles themselves as well. Awesome. I love it. You can't be what you can't see. Do you believe that education plays a big part in wealth building? Definitely. Definitely. And education and wealth building, a lot of it, as a matter of fact, the education system doesn't teach you about wealth building. And so let's be honest, it's a self-taught skill. If you're interested in wealth, then study the great. Study what they do. Where do they invest their money? We are lucky and fortunate to live in an era where everything's on YouTube now. Everything's on the internet. So if you look up and you research what people do to gain economic growth, then you will learn that they invest, they buy stocks, they have multiple streams of income. And it's very important for you to teach yourself on how to obtain economic wealth. Because if you don't, you're not going to learn it within your household, unless another person already has learned it themselves. And for me, at least for me, no one in my family has reached that level of success where we're financially wealthy. And so I had to do a lot of self-teaching, self-learning for me to understand how to gain that. But it's personal education. You won't learn this behind the classroom. You'll learn this when you teach yourself. 100%. If you could offer a piece of advice to our listeners, what would that advice be? The advice that I will give your listeners is that when you fail, look at it as an opportunity to grow. Don't let that set you back from your goal. I think if you could take anything away from this podcast, I would just highly recommend that you start looking at failure as a stepping stone to where you need to be. Because anyone who's successful fails. And they fell hard if you're trying to reach a whole different level of success. And so be comfortable with failing. Fail often. And if you feel that that's diminishing your dreams, just understand that that's a process. And so if anybody can take anything away from this podcast is that believe in yourself, embrace failure, and push through those obstacles because it's just a stepping stone to where you truly want to be. That's awesome. Powerful. Don't have anything to add to that. If people want to give more 
of Patty. What social medias are you active on? Where can they find you? So they can find me on Instagram under Patricia Villegas, P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A-B, like in Victor, I-L-L-E-G-A-S, and then underscore, underscore. They could find me on LinkedIn under Patricia Villegas, MSW, and then they can find me on Facebook under Positive Patty. So I felt to mention that that's my nickname, especially in the education system, because I'm always speaking positive truths about any negative. You can make it into a positive. So it just became a little nickname. So I have myself on Facebook under Positive Patty. So you guys can all find me there. My website is still being established, but it should be launching in the next 30 days under www.patricia-viegas.com. Awesome. You know, I just want to really thank you for your time today coming onto the show and providing all these great resources for our guests. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the work that you do. Nothing but success. I have no doubt that you'll be ultra successful in the business. So if there's anything we can do, let us know. Thank you, Emlyn. I really appreciate your time and for letting me be a guest on your podcast. Awesome. As you all know, this is the Minority Money Podcast. I am your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. Until next time. Another great showdown, but it doesn't have to stop there. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast app you're listening on now and give it a good rating, would you? If you feel really connected to the podcast, which I hope you do, find our Facebook community, Minority Money VIP, to support and be supported by others just like you. And again, we're glad to have you. While this podcast is meant to inspire and motivate you to live your best life, it can't be your complete one-stop shop. I know, I know, that really sucks but I don't know anything about your specific situation. So please reach out to an attorney or CPA, or you can reach out to me, a financial planner, to help you with your specific situation. To get a hold of us, please reach us at fan at Minority Money Podcast. That's F-A-N at Minority Money Podcast so we can get to know you there. Thanks for being here. And until next time, 